0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Musical Splitting Podcast. I am your host and second highest bidder for Twitter, Kavita Tahirian.
1: <laughs> and I am your co-host and um, with Elon Musk's loser, apparently, uh, Angelina Meehan. So <laughs> Just loser. Loser's fine. Just loser. No, uh, my today loser. We,
0: you're loser, <laughs> right? Everyone's loser. Yeah. Uh, t- today we are joined by a good friend of mine, uh, a film and television editor, Josie Azam, who was also my first friend at USC. Josie, welcome.
2: Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm an avid fan of the podcast. Avid. I like uh, that joke too, because it's Ah, an editor joke. (laughs) That is an
1: editor joke. (laughs) This is a great episode to have you premiere on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I hope that joke makes the final cut. (laughs)
0: 10 points.
1: Oh, <laughs> and I stick that landing. That was really Thank good. You. I'm very impressed, actually. <laughs> Thank you. No, the podcast
2: has been informing my, like, lullaby choices oh. for the night, you know, because I'll listen to the podcast oh. and then I'll, like, you know, go home and put my son to sleep and I'll be like, close everything. <laughs> 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 uh, I was like, I know all of these. I'm like, I love it. And so uh, it's funny that Kaveh just keeps attracting these people into his life that <laughs> love music
1: so much. I can't so escape it. I don't. <laughs>
0: so, Can't escape it. (laughs)
1: So you knew him before his transfiguration into musical theater fan extraordinaire.
2: It was very surprising as a choice. I remember when he was starting this, I was like, this is going to make you a little miserable. And then I th- <laughs>
0: that's my that's usually that's my M.O. That's usually how I am anyway. So just a um, little
2: miserable, but always learning. Yeah, always that's le- le- exactly. Funny. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Well, uh, well, thank you for coming. So the reason why I wanted Josie to come join us on this one was we were going to discuss all that jazz, which I know is a very editing heavy kind of film. Uh, I did see some of it, just the opening, the intro, at your house, Josie, which I remember, and we had, we had, it was kind of crazy and wild. So uh, we thought you'd be a perfect person to come on and help us guide through this apparently a masterpiece. Right? People seem to really like this one.
2: It won the Palme d'Or that year. It won a slew of Academy Awards that year. And how I was introduced to it was I was actually a post production PA on the movie Annie, oh my- the musical. Oh wow. which was amazing. That was my first experience being on a feature film. And so the editor of it, Tia Nolan uh, is a huge fan of musicals, loves musicals. And uh, we were talking about movie musicals. And I talked about all the ones I'd watched growing up, very rudimentary, like Grease and My Fair Lady. And, and she's like, have you seen all that jazz? And I was like, no, like I don't love like we're putting on a show, musicals or movie musicals specifically. Like, I mean, I like Gold Diggers for thirty three, but like, she's like, no, 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 like, and she lent me hers, and I think I bought the Criterion shortly after, and it's so inspiring. It's a perfect movie, but also a perfect movie musical. Oh man,
1: I um, so, so I I haven't seen this movie since I think college, but it was one of my mo- like my mom is was one of those people who was like. Loves musical theater, does not have a lot of money. So if we could rent it, then like that's like kind of my musical background growing up. And I remember she showed me all that jazz the same weekend as she showed me the film version of A Chorus Line. And I feel like all that jazz is kind of what that a chorus line really like kind of aimed for and failed at. Like what all that jazz, at least my memory of it was, was just like. Holy shit, like this is about everything <laughs> like this like in my little thirteen year old brain being like, "Wow, this is like really deep musical stuff like um and, and just um, my recollection of seeing it again in my twenties is just having seen uh Bob Fosse, who directed the film version of cabaret on as well as this, um just like, damn, this man knows how to shoot dancing <laughs> incredibly well, which you would hope because he's also a choreographer, but um yeah, no i'm I'm super excited to revisit this one i I got my little Criterion copy. It's not opened yet, and I'm like so hyped to oh, watch it. Did you it. end up getting it? I did. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I deserve to own all that <laughs> jazz on Criterion. Uh, but um, yeah, like it's definitely like definitely different. I think from anything we've watched
2: yet. Yeah.
1: It's going to be a very editing-heavy conversation.
2: Right. Yep. It's all I know. I mean, it's not all I know, but it's what the I care you know the best. most about. I mean, the reason I wanted to become an editor, I kid you not, and I don't know if I've ever talked to Kaveh about this, but like when I saw Chicago in 2003 mm. – and I grew up, like I said, I, my mom also, like I grew up in Nebraska, and so we're like, we would ne- hardly ever get any traveling Broadway productions. Most of the my experience of musicals was if it was a film movie version, I could watch it, or I could listen to a soundtrack, which I could get from a library, or I could see a community theater version or a college production. And so seeing Chicago and kind of understanding what, editing can do for a musical and seeing that so riveting and so perfect. Um, And all that jazz is, is clearly the source of all of this kind of musical editing that has come out of it.
0: So Josie, you had mentioned this to me before, and I don't know if you want to expand on this on the show, but you said, I always thought this was interesting to bring up on the show. You're a huge fan of musical movies more than musical like staged productions specifically. Which I thought was an interesting perspective that we haven't properly had on here. Other than me just liking movies. Sure. But certainly not movie <laughs> musicals. So.
2: Yeah. I don't know if this is like my villain origin story. <laughs> which is I auditioned for a lot of plays uh, and a lot
0: of uh, musicals. That's always how it goes. That's right? like Angie's thing. And I thing. Yeah, did it's all not there's.
2: get cast. I did not get put in. And um, my sister did a lot. And she, yeah. So maybe I just don't like it because I feel rejected by it. <laughs> um But I've always had like a hierarchy of how much I like a musical, which is like the lowest to me is a stage version.
0: Mm, Like a pro (laughs) shot.
2: And then like a traveling Broadway version, like I can kind of get more excited about it. And then I've only seen two shows on Broadway. Which two? Uh, I saw Hadestown
1: okay. and Les oh, Mis. Oh, man. I mean, if you're going to see two shows, those are two shows. Those are two to pretty see. good ones. Yeah. yeah from what I hear. And after each time, I went, I can't wait till they make a movie uh, version. Oh, well, how
2: did that work out with Les Mis? So, <laughs> well, I'll get. So then the next level is like a film stage production is pretty great. Like I can actually watch, like, The Into the Woods with Bernadette Peters. Like I enjoyed that. that, and that one, I, can,
0: yeah.
2: I can get into it. Then the next level is like a film adaptation by Tom Hooper. It's its own category altogether. It's its own category. I don't know what he's doing. I don't get it. And then um, a film about putting on a Broadway show. And then finally, a pure movie experience of a musical to me is like the pinnacle of cinema. It's the pinnacle of musical. So that's my hierarchy of what i enjoy in a musical. That's
1: incredible to me. Like i i i don't think i've ever met anybody that kind of has that perspective on musicals to be perfectly honest cuz most people i know either they love music, movie musicals but it's born out of like a love for musical theater itself. Um but i've never heard it from like kind of that way down. But that's very cool. So like what what can i ask like what your what your if if not all that jazz after that what would your favorite movie musical be? To me, it's like Greece is perfect. Oh man, I, I
2: fucking love Greece. Not oh, Greece, New yeah. Jersey,
0: come on. <laughs>
2: Oh, and Grease Too is like <laughs> makes me understand what's so good about Greece, but also Grease Too is just like it's just this Icarus that it's just sure. aims for the and watching the plummet is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, Believe it, and it or not, I've seen Grease Too
0: because Josie made me watch it on one of her birthdays like many oh,
2: years ago. Oh wow. <laughs> I had a Grease Two themed birthday party because I it was very evangelical. I was like, people don't know about sure. this. <laughs> oh they have to come to my house. Oh, my um And it's funny, too, because, you know, the ones that you grow up watching, like you can watch uh, My Fair Lady growing up, you can watch The Sound of Music, and then as you get older, you start finding, like, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. you find Umbrellas of Cherbourg, you find like Dancer in the dark, even though Lars Ventura sucks. And so I just feel like uh, you can be a total expert in in Broadway and and devote your life to that. When I watch Tick, Tick, Boom, and there's the scene where all of the Broadway stars are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <do laughs> I not right, recognize right, right. any of them. I felt yeah. so bad. I was like, oh, sh- I think she's in Hamilton.
0: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So, But what do you put at the top then, at the top of your list? Oh,
2: I think Grease and, and West Side Story. West Side Story. West Side Story. Original. Uh, yeah, not the new one. Yeah, the original. Okay. Or even like a movie like Me in St. Louis, like just some of those expansive moments where, and I know that's all even just shot on a, a lot. It's not even real life, but just to me, what a movie can do. I even felt this when I watched the movie Doubt, which is not a musical, but like just seeing like, when you can see what you can do with a stage adaptation and you can expand it in the scene where she's on the roof and it's the pillow analogy with the feathers flying. Like and being able to see that, like, I don't know. I, as just a cinephile, I, I love that that's movie. That's how I feel about I think,
1: like who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, like the film version of that versus like the play, which are like, it's one of my favorite plays and also one of my favorite movies. But like, yeah, films can do really cool stuff with things that you can't get away with on stage. Like, for example, showing that scene where George gets the gun out while Martha's telling that story that's totally emasculating. You wouldn't get to see that. On a stage version, it would look clunky and awkward. And somehow, movie magic can just do really movie cool stuff.
0: Edit the power I sound like editing. such a
1: douchebag, right? Like that, I said those words, and then immediately, like, I just turned into like this giant plastic bag with a little nozzle on top. I Welcome was like, "Welcome to am the a club, Angie. <laughs> <laughs> Movie magic.
0: Uh, so let me get to some "All That Jazz" notes. "All That Jazz" is a 1979 musical dramedy film directed by Bob Fosse. With a screenplay with a screenplay by Robert Allen o- Arthur. Is it just next just, to you there? Or yeah, is no, that that's how it's
1: spelled. Yeah. Robert okay, Allen Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. He's Are different. Arthur? Arthur. He's spelled different. <laughs> Arthur Arthur. And Fosse, starring <laughs>
0: yeah. Roy Schneider, Leland Palmer, and Ranking, and Jessica Lange. Semi autobiographical and highly surreal in nature. All that jazz concerns the romantic and working life. Of Joe Gideon, a Broadway director and choreographer juggling an upcoming musical premiere, a burgeoning film career, family life, drugs, and sex addiction, all of which blend together in a series of dance numbers and conversations with a mysterious woman that blur the line between what is real and what's in Joe's head. (laughs) Much of the film's plot is directly inspired by the point in Bob Fosse's career where he suffered a massive heart attack while he was trying to stage Chicago for its 1975 Broadway debut and finish his film Lenny. Uh, Angie, did you ever see Lenny?
1: I've only seen bits and pieces of Lenny. Uh, I've never actually seen it. Um, I imagine Dustin Hoffman is Dustin Hoffman in it. (laughs) Have you seen it?
0: Uh, I've seen like most of it. It's really like not what I thought it would be, I remember.
1: Because it's about... It's really unpleasant. Yeah, because it's about Lenny Bruce. So inherently, I'm just like, doesn't sound like a fun time. It wasn't very funny. (laughs) (laughs) I always think of Bob Fosse's like...
2: Kind of, I, I mean, between Cabaret, Lenny, and all that jazz. And I know he, I have actually never seen Sweet Charity. Mm. I'm not a completionist. <laughs> like, I, I'm one of those people who are. I'm yeah. like, there's too many movies, and you'll never see all of them, even if you know you'd right. like it. You just, you'll it's never see It's like, I've there. seen Rashomon. Uh, I've seen Yojimbo. I don't need to see, yeah. stuff, yeah. I see yeah. all of Carousel's Yeah, movies. come on. Or even, like, Fred Astaire movies. I've seen every single Fred Astaire movie, except for one. And I'm kind of like, and I own it. Shut because it's a <laughs> And... Am I ever going to get to the story of Vernon and Irene Castle? I don't think so. I don't think I'm ever going to get there. It's <laughs> a boss move. But, um, I love it. <laughs> but I always think of Bob Fosse's film career as like in direct competition with Francis Ford Coppola. Mm. Mm, because interesting. When yes. Cabaret came out, came out, he won Best Director over Francis Ford Coppola for right, Godfather. Yeah. But then, when Lenny came out, it's like when that's when Godfather Two came oh, out, and right. so then that was Coppola's year to like destroy, destroy everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then, when all that jazz came out, that's the year Apocalypse Now came. Mm-hmm. Out. Oh. So then, all that jazz is like blowing like Apocalypse Now stuff out of the water. So I'm just like, it's oh, man. such a interesting. If you want to talk like '70s movies Rivalries. that I love, like those are the ones that are going back and forth. Wow. So I'm like, yeah.
1: Chicago had debuted the same year that A Chorus Line had, and A Chorus Line was like, we knocked it out of the park here, this is the show that's going to run forever, and, you know, he's going against Michael Bennett, who's kind of like the only other figure I can think of that is like Bob Fosse in that he's a stage director, choreographer, luminary that just, like, changed the industry entirely. And they're both working at the same time, but yeah, it was just like this back and forth of, like, it's Michael Bennett's here now, and it's not Bob Fosse's here this year, and he has a heart. Like, it's just, it's very interesting to me. Like, I think it's a funny fascinating, funny coincidence there. I bet they're all just elevating each
2: other. Right? If you know that that's what's out there, <laughs> yeah. and that's what you're fighting up against, and you're all trying to, like, on the film side, like, you're fighting for more surrealist techniques. You're fighting for, like, pushing the medium further and, like, intercutting past and present in ways that hasn't been done before, especially with, like, Godfather 2. Getting like weepy thinking about it. It's just, it's so nice, Kavi. Huh. Even when you were just reading the notes, I was like, I cannot wait to watch this. Again. I'm,
1: really, <laughs> I'm really, really excited to watch this. I have, yeah, again, like I'm not seeing it maybe ten years, so I'm like really, really hyped to see it now. It's, it's, Sp-
2: speaking
0: of uh speaking of great directors, apparently, upon release in 1979, director Stanley Kubrick, who is mentioned in the movie, reportedly called it "quote the best film I think I have ever seen." That's high praise coming from a man who's. <laughs> Notoriously hated everything (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: except for the jerk by Steve Martin, which it was also like one of his favorite movies, which I always think is really bizarre. Yeah. really. He's like obsessed with the, I mean, I don't know if it was like (laughs) his favorite movie, but he was like obsessed with the jerk, which I think is really funny. That's interesting. Um, Yeah. That year, it won four Oscars in the Palme d'Or, not the Jerk, uh, we're talking about <laughs> All That Jazz <laughs> at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, in 2001, All That Jazz was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress and selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. The film would be the last musical nominator for the Academy Award for Best Picture until Disney's Beauty and the Beast was nominated in 92, and was the li- the last live action musical to compete in the category until Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge was nominated in 2002, 22 years later.
2: That was another musical. Really? Movie I liked. Yeah. Yeah. So they just hated 80s musicals. God.
1: Mus- I guess I don't know how much of it is also just like movies, musicals in the 80s also got squirrelier. Like by this point, you're having things like cats and. Phantom of the Opera and things that are just well, like. I was going to
0: say, yeah, is Broadway sort of like getting bigger at this point and yeah, getting more prominent? It's starting like, to prominent get silly. And like New York's getting cleaned up. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's so like, it must just be that there's like a proper industry there that people, they're sort of gearing people to go right. more towards. Right. live theater and actually see it there rather than a need
2: for musical movies. Yeah. And it's just like, or maybe it was an emphasis on the soundtrack moves, musical movie. Mm. Like this is the era of like footloose. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, where yeah. It's yeah, more that's about just being a soundtrack and being purely yeah. about that experience.
0: As far as it being a musical film, is it just like they're staging the numbers from Chicago and that's what constitutes as a musical or do they have like original songs or is this TBD? I should not bother asking and just be surprised.
2: I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're both just yeah. like Cheshire yeah, grinning. Yeah, Like this has been such a difficult first half of an episode to record because like there's so much about this movie that like I can't talk about it without like I think spoiling, spoiling, it. spoiling okay. it entirely. Norse, so Norse. yeah, I, I'm okay. very just very curious to see what you make of it. Especially not to not to get to our unrelated normal tangent of like Vice Principals and the Righteous Gem Shins and Danny McBride. Yeah. But like. After watching Vice Principals this week, I'm really actually interested in, in, in hearing your take on this. They're not they're not that related. It's just tonally, I think.
0: Tonally, it's insane and yes. funny at the same time. Okay, Yeah, I, right. yeah
1: the tone is I think is just going to drive you wild, either in a good way or a bad way. I can't tell. But
0: <laughs> OK, I love it. I love it. All right, guys, uh, let's go ahead and watch the movie. And we'll be back after this ad break to discuss. Oh, all all that jazz.
1: jazz. Just like that. So good.
0: All right, everybody. All right.
1: You are back. Wait, we got to do like the, uh, uh, bye-bye life, bye-bye happiness, (laughs) bye-bye. You know what? What a vibe I am feeling that one right now. (laughs) You can't
2: see the jazz hands.
1: No, No, there's so many jazz hands. you got to
0: figure out an audio jazz hands.
1: Yeah. That's a Wayne's World reference. An audio version of like the squared shoulders and the hunching, like that you can like. Here from here. I don't know. It's I just imagine it sounds like ba 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 da ba. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever we say that, that's someone is doing that Bob Fossey like shoulder ba-da. thing. Ba da ba da and there's a lot ba-da, ba in this. But we're all in silhouette, <laughs> all of us. And we're all all yeah. in silhouette. <laughs> bowler hats. Lots of sequins, of lots of black sequin stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah so we we're them. back from uh, watching
0: <laughs> it. We watched all that jazz. Yes. In, in different parts. So before we go into our thoughts about all that jazz, yes. let us discuss the the plot. Let's go over it real quick. Right. Um. So all that jazz, as we mentioned from before, mm. mm-hmm. is about uh, not Bob Fosse.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bob Fosse's evil twin. Yeah.
0: Bob Fosse's evil twin, uh, Bob Joe Bossy,
1: Bob Fosse, Bob yeah, Fob Fosse. <laughs> Play uh, Played by Roy Schneider. Played by Roy Schneider, cast
0: against type. Right, yeah. <laughs> playing, a, obviously, a theater director and a choreographer and a film director, yep. trying to put on two productions at once. One is, what's the fake Lenny movie called? I forget. The stand-up. Oh, the the stand stand-up, up? yeah. Right, right. You know, he's staging these two things. He yep. gets up every morning and takes Dexedrine and showers yeah. and smokes cigarettes. And they are always they cut back to that same shot of him playing. Uh, they're playing Vivaldi in the background. So he's stressed out. He's doing a lot. He's taking on too much. Yeah. He's staging this show. His producers are sort of like supportive, but they're also like, dude, is this going to make money? What's the deal, bro?
1: His love life is incredibly messy. Yeah. He's he's having sex with like everything that walks pretty much. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like one like I love the reoccurring uh, morning routine uh, mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. that happens throughout this film. It just like sets like such a good tempo for just how yep. much this is going to spiral out of control. Like I remember the first time seeing this being like, I'm in for some real shit. The the first yeah. the first time that got repeated, I was like, oh, fuck. You know? yeah. It <laughs> like, kinda,
0: yeah, it comes in. It comes in strong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so he's at the end of one project, obviously starting another one, which is, you know, a theme in terms of what's going to happen later. Yeah. You know, he's probably trying to show like different parts to like impress his producers mm-hmm. amongst all the chaos. His ex-wife comes in and his daughter, you know, mm-hmm. relationship stuff happens and his heart is getting increasingly more and more crazy. Eventually he has a heart attack because he's taking on too much, goes to the hospital and they're like, dude, you can't work. You have to rest for how oh, whatever, like six weeks. Not I even, think like three. Not <laughs>
1: even. Yeah, they were just like, can you just take it for like two or three weeks? And to him, that's like, you might as well like fucking kill me when they tell him that. Like,
0: And he's like, yeah, dude, totally. And then, of course, his quote unquote resting period is him just doing the same shit, but in the hospital, like yeah. grabbing ass and doing drugs and drinking a lot. <laughs> right. And, uh, and then it gets worse. There's another heart attack. Yeah.
1: And they're like, we got to do heart
0: surgery on you Uh, while he's getting heart surgery. They kind of intercut with his producers and his producers are like, so what's going to happen? Like if Bob er, or Fobbossi dies, (laughs) well, we've spent this much. They're talking to the insurance agents. Basically, they come to the end where they're like, hey, guess what? It would actually be better if he died because you guys would make hell of money. Right. And they're like, hmm, interesting. And then there's a bunch of random hallucinatory sequences of him when he's under the knife. Uh, of him sort of facing the guilt of not being a good oh, father nothing or nothing random about Any of those. No,
1: nothing random. Those are very, there is there is a thesis behind them. <laughs> sure. They are also giving his project to a younger director, or a different director, too. Oh, right yeah, right, yeah, that was played by John Lithgow. John like, Lithgow, who's
0: basically looked the same for 50 years, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have to say, because, you <laughs> know, the last time I watched
2: this was maybe about five years ago, and... The number one thing I did not remember from that, you know, previous one, and I watched it a hundred times the first time I watched it because I was obsessed. But then I did not remember the John Lithgow part at all for some reason. And watching it this time, I was like, God, that is so petty because, you know, that when you're in the hospital, Bob Fossey, actual Bob Fozzie, I'm sure was thinking about other people who were going to take over his project. Yeah, (laughs) that was imagining what that would look like and was so obsessed that he had to put it in a movie to like
1: exercise that jealousy. Yeah. Like, that's like the one thing I don't know. I'm like, I, I feel like this is just a composite fictional character of like all of his anxiety. But I was also like, is this a dig at somebody, too, that I don't like that? I don't recognize. I guess we'll never know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Who's I want to love- play with a bed in the
2: center of the stage. That's with just a- sure. Right. A a single light. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, so eventually, after all these, you know, demons are excised, he basically then there's this one big number called Bye Bye Life. Where he just sort of accepts that he's like, maybe it's better if I die. And then dying would be cool. And then literally the last shot of the movie is a body bag zipping him up. And he does fucking die. And then, spoiler alert, obviously. that's the end of the film.
1: Yeah. Which uh, I remember the first time seeing that ending. Just like how, uh, like abrupt it was abrupt. in the same way yeah. that like the ending to Dancer in the Dark is like you know it's coming like oh, you know oh, there's like Dancer in the dark. Oh, oh shit <laughs> I just spoiled Dancer in the Dark that right. is a musical right it's, yeah it's that, is a, a, that is a musical that's maybe one we should discuss maybe we should, one should do that point. oh and I love York yeah. so we put that one on the table yeah I love um, York too oh shit I'm, I think okay. I just
0: I don't know how I missed that one. Anyway, okay. I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but like where it's like building to something that, you know, is unavoidable and like, it's good at distracting you from that moment coming. And then when that mm-hmm. moment hits, mm-hmm. it just is like, boom. you know, like, boom. like you already know, like, oh, this is some pretty like bleak comedy in, in this movie. Mm-hmm. But like that ending is just like, damn, like even watching it I, again now at, at 34, I was just like, oh fuck. Like, you know? Am
0: I, like, fucked up that I was watching it and I was, like, hysterically laughing at the end of the film? I was like, <laughs> I cannot believe that he did that. And I was like, that was incredible.
1: Right, right. Like, it's such, like, <laughs> such a flex. Like, it is very funny, but it also is just, like, I can't imagine seeing it, it this It functions movie. like a
0: punchline. That's really what it is. Yeah. Like, it really, like, that's the way it's meant to feel, I think. Yeah. Right? Well, even, like, when the script supervisor
2: doing. comes in, you know, and he's laying in the bed and then the director... Fosse is in the crane and says, like, you missed your line. And he's like, what's the Ooh. line? And then the script supervisor says, like, the most deadpan of, like, I don't want to die. <laughs> I don't wanna die. Please yeah. help me. And he goes, well, if you can't say the line, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and it's almost like he's given up on himself, even as a performer. Because, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the Showtime you know, motif that keeps happening over and over. It's like, well, if you can't perform, I'm going to have to leave you behind.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The anxiety, like, every time, like, there's that, because the real Bob Fosse had gotten a lot of his start doing, like, the Colgate Comedy Hour and variety shows like that. And even, like, his avoidance to even want to look at, like, the the Fosse variety show that's hosted by Ben Vereen, like, his avoidance of it is just, like, Uh, like, oh God, sorry. Yeah. Like this movie is really good. Sorry. (laughs) I'm just getting caught in my feelings in like little tangents in my head. Like, oh, I forgot that this happened. And like, like all this set up for like, yeah, I guess that, that one, that, that punchline, you know, coming, but like, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm just rambling. (laughs) No, no, no.
0: It's funny too, because you had mentioned before we went to the break about, um, Vice principals and like the sort of Danny McBride verse, right? Yeah, right, right. And yeah. like, I I could see this being like, I don't know if this is actually like the case, but like, I got the sense watching this, I was like, oh, I feel like Jodie Hill like watched the fuck out of this movie.
1: Like, yeah, yeah.
0: The way it's shot and the way it's structured and the way that like the gags come, it does seem like something that would be influential on them. So it was actually a really interesting little tidbit that you threw my way before okay. I was like oh okay it kind of like puts it into a context for me. Too, I, I, I wasn't
1: yeah. sure if I was like feeling crazy because yeah as, as no, we discussed no, no. I'm totally very right. into You're... the Jodie Hill Danny McBride universe right now and like seeing all that jazz again for the first time in years while watching and I was like these feel relevant in a way that yep. I can't really yep. explain or put into words so <laughs> but yeah like the way things are paced, like that This just even just the sense of humor itself like there's one line I'm trying to remember from all that jazz that was just like so dark but so funny <laughs> Um, There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of those. There's yeah, a lot right. Of those. The whole
0: movie, literally the end of the movie. Yeah, literally <laughs> the end like of the movie. Yeah,
1: I just love where it's like it's the best work you've
2: ever done. God damn it! <laughs> <No> yeah, <work. laughs> like, so mad she's not in the show and like why did you yeah. do this when we're broken up and like I'm no longer a part of your
1: company and I mean that
2: always gets me too. It's just little things like that.
1: Just even like the. Um, the one dancer that he just kind of picks for New York, LA, who is not everyone says, oh, she's not a good dancer, and she's got like, basically, I hate saying it, but like a butterface or like that's what like she, I think she's a perfectly good looking actress, but like that's like the reoccurring she jokes, like cute. she's cute as hell, <laughs> but like um the whole like him sleeping with her, sorry, I'm like now just like I'm trying to look up quotes because like there were so many and I need a re- reference right here.
0: There's too many. There's too many good ones. I'll, I'll say this overall as somebody who's seeing this for the first time right mm-hmm. it's it's a phenomenal piece of film it, it really just is like it's a fantastic movie i think as far as what we've discussed on this podcast i was actually trying to think about this or i'm like of course the only example i could think of which irritated the piss out of me because it's something we always talk about which is phantom but like there's not a lot of <laughs> it's sh-
1: you this time yeah. <laughs> i didn't do it once this episode. I was like, this it's that true. Is gonna be phantom free like i'm not I gonna thought bring so, it up right i Right. I was like, I can't think of a way to work this one into into <laughs> into all that jazz. I, I, I just can't. But thank you. Carla, for well, doing there's it.
0: Th- there's not a lot of well we haven't seen. I guess we haven't seen so far a lot of uh, musicals or you know films, mu- movie musicals, whatever, about the process of putting on a show. So Phantom, of course, is unfortunately the first example I could think of because it's them <laughs> literally putting on the opera, right? Sure,
2: sure, right.
0: And then I guess Producers is another one. I, I Well, never it's saw interesting, producers, though, because
2: Tick, Tick, Boom is very much like at, there's an event every year that is called Invisible Art, Visible Artists where all of the editors who are nominated for Best Editing come together and do a panel. And it's super – mm-hmm. I mean, it's published publicly, but it's um, super inside baseball and, like, a lot of jokes and a lot of, like, Kind of back channel talking and stuff. So it's super fun to watch. And this year, of course, because Tick Tick Boom was nominated, the two editors were there. But every year, every single year, it is hosted by, I think it's always been hosted by Alan Heim, who not only edited all that jazz, but is also has been president of American Cinema Editors. He's the current president of our guild. But he's also in the movie all that jazz he's the one who's sitting in the Lenny editing room and in the back oh, of the screening room that's okay. oh, okay. really that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah looking so young it's and so, so devoured, oh my God. like so fun and so that's kind of just a, he's like a legendary editor and sure. of course you know the edit tick tick boom editors were mm-hmm. both like All that jazz is all we had to think about like because it's the same process of like a narcissist who is caught up in their own routines and their own process and will. Completely subject everyone in his life to it, and
1: then takes the fallout and uses it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was also wondering too, because like, um, uh, you know how uh, FX had had. I still haven't seen it. And watching this, I was like, oh Oh, yeah, I I read about uh, Fosse Fosse Fosse, verdon uh, which came out on FX last year. It was a limited or a couple years ago. It was a limited series about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. Um, his ex wife in the Mm -hmm. film is is the Gwen Verdon figure right there. Um, and Lin Manuel Miranda was the executive producer of that, and also cast himself as roy schneider as Fab bossy no, yeah so i'm like oh my god and so like i I was just thinking about all that overlap and also like tick tick boom coming out and i'm just gonna go out on a limb and guess that lin-manuel miranda is a very big all that jazz fan too but uh yeah yeah fun fact i was like shit i I gotta watch this yeah,
2: the MirandaVerse <laughs> is sprawling. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah, <laughs>
0: he's, sprawling he's the Kevin big. Feige of of that universe. He's right. fucking got his finger in every pie.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, uh, good for you, theater nerds. We never win, um, but of course, we're always still embarrassing when we're winning. Um, but oh, oh, oh! I, that, that just reminded me of one of my favorite jokes. Is one of the scenes where. Uh, um, Fab I'm like, wait, what's his real name again? I just keep calling him Fab. No, it is, it is Fob-boss- it's Fab Bossi. It's Fab the it's great. it works. It's um, Gideon. Gide-o- Gideon. Gideon. Joe Gideon. <laughs> Joe Gideon. Joe Gideon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Fab is just Fab Um When Fab is sitting in the editing room for the stand-up, and one of the producers is sitting with him, he's like, "It's brilliant." After like hating it, right? You right, know, right, right. and you're just like, "What really changed?" Like that kind what of changed, right. What level of bullshit happened here? That that like none of the I, I like that opaqueness of like industry just like yes this is what I like and him after Oh, well, that's a know, very
0: common thing too by the way we're just like they'll be like here's a bunch of notes and you're like totally we'll take them and yeah. then you give them the next <laughs> week and they're like they get fixated on something totally unrelated and they're like great work and you're mm. like thanks I work real hard at it
1: right 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 like that that scene was hilarious for me and I was just like I was wanted to ask like in your experience how real the life uh-huh. that was so
0: yes
2: it's funny cuz my favorite kind of movie parts of it is him just talking about the screening process for the stand up like having even the producer that who's shouting at him and being like you guys are 8 weeks overdue and like you're going crazy and like we can't have it like this and then he goes hey I fixed the the monologue you should check it out then just leaves and then the guy sitting there going yeah it's so much better <laughs> <laughs> so it's the flip side of it Of how manipulative creatives are to executives Or even like the section where he's like Okay guys I've changed The choreography a little bit You know I hope you guys like it Because you know when they're in there listening to the guy Do the song version and it's super commercial And super you know accessible And then their reactions during that scene Were they're like well we just lost a family crowd right. Or like <laughs> yeah. Sinatra's
0: yeah. not going to
1: do a cover yeah.
0: now Just, just for a context So this is his is him showing uh, to a different set of producers, yes, right? Because yes. he's working on two different projects. Yeah. This is when Fab Bossi is showing uh, a sequence to the musical producers. That, yeah. Like this is going to be the. Uh, yeah, th- and again, it's it's fake Chicago, so it's like, but it's Chicago, like yeah. of, in terms of everyone being like super sexy yeah, and like and, wearing like, like, like base ex- skin tight clothing, and it's right. like a porn version of it. Almost, yeah,
1: it's quite horny. And um,
0: it's su it's the horniest thing I've ever seen. It's yeah. like, and they fill the. R- it's like they're just in a dance studio. They fill the room with smoke and. And then they're using these flashlights like these mag lights almost as yeah. like lighting tools to and it's a, it's an incredibly well done sequence too it's like they do so much in such a small space as yeah. well and again shows you kind of like his fob bossy's genius right? yes. is that like it's it's and Josie, you and I talked a little bit briefly about this offline, about bodies. Uh, maybe something this is something that you can sort of expand upon here.
2: That was, uh, you know, watching it again now in the context of thinking of it as a musical as opposed to a film first, because, I mean, the first couple times I was watching it, I was just analyzing it for editing and for pacing and for structure. But thinking about it as a pure musical where typically voice would be the lead medium of how we express ourselves or what's going on with our characters This one is so much about bodies and dance, Mm -hmm. and that's how people, like, for example, even the the girlfriend and the daughter, when they do their duet, like, that's how they're expressing their love for him is through, they're not even actually singing, they're lip-singing to something. Yeah. The range of health for a body, too, of going all the way from the most perfectly athletic... Sculpted, sculpted yeah yeah perfection of a body and then even the opening number of just like whose body is able to perform and who can do that and then joe gideon's body deteriorating over the course of the film yeah.
1: treating he it like shit foolish yeah like it's it's <laughs> it's a really cool contrast like the scene that sticks out for me the most in re-watching it is the scene with um his ex-wife where he's you know to her while she's practicing. Oh, she's sorry the show. That that he's directing. And they she's just giving him shit while he's trying to talk out like why the show isn't working for him. And like, I'm gonna cut yeah, it. He's like gonna he's small, basically, yeah, it's like this yeah. fatalistic
0: thing where he's freaking out. He thinks everything's gonna yeah. be a failure, and she just continues with uh what's his name? Paul uh in the background playing the piano.
1: Yeah, yeah, the the composer. Uh and she's just like kind of like laying into him, but also doing like this insane, mm-hmm. like dancing like that. I'm just like how like I I watched it twice uh, because I was just so impressed by like one how like just how intricate the choreography was um how easy she makes it look. Mm -hmm. And then three, like the way it's shot again in a very small space.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting way to stage a scene that you would you've probably seen a thousand times of like a couple sort of like bickering in some sort of way, but they make it like they contextualize it and like this is what this world is. And this is like you said, this is what this person's body can do almost sort of like as a flex, pun intended.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and even one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the conversation. Like you said, like it's, a, it, the business is so elevated compared to the conversation yeah. where he's dancing with his daughter and yeah. he's just kind of oh, stretching her yeah. and like moving with oh, her right, and they're right, moving right. together. Yeah. And they're in sync and sometimes they're not and he'll have her do a jump as they're talking and it's the same kind of feeling for me where I'm like, this is so elegant and beautiful and then he's like, you're, we're and yeah, like right. carrying her in a right. in a
1: dancer's car oh, oh, right, right, right down to the car oh
2: yeah it's beautiful
1: yeah like the way like just like as dance the bodies as a way of showing like love or or former love or past love or whatever like just is like really expounded upon beautifully here. like even the way his ex-wife is dancing around him like it's just like there is a sexiness to it like that like yes, there's still like some sort of magnetism. He's on good terms with his ex-wife, and you can kind of see because like they just have this common that energy of just, they worked like, what together can well, get.
0: but they didn't necessarily shouldn't have necessarily gotten married.
1: Like. Right, right, exactly. They're yeah, good creative yeah.
0: collaborators, but not necessarily good life partners.
1: Right.
2: This is a good time to drop my favorite fun fact about this movie, Ooh. which is that uh, Roy Scheider was not the original cast pick. Oh. Oh, who was it? They actually even started shooting with, and then they had to stop down production for three weeks to get Roy up to speed with the choreography and the lines and stuff because it was originally Richard Dreyfus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that would have been a very different movie. That would have been real <laughs> annoying. It would have been, what about Bob? No,
0: I want it to be sexier. <laughs>
1: It's too so ugly, no. your horse face. Like I like yeah. I love Roy Schneider in this too, like so much. because like, like speaking of that, like it's one, it's very I love when people make art about themselves and they are aware that they are an asshole and an unlikable mm-hmm. person. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, you have really have to have been deep in your feelings about yourself to have made a movie about you that paints you <laughs> in this kind of light. Well, Kaveh, you were bringing up eight
0: and a half when we were talking about it. Yeah, well, that's it's structured right. yeah. a lot like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very Fellini, but like I feel like it's much more tongue in cheek, which is weird to say because that movie's already very tongue in cheek. Sure,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like a lot of great auteurs always end up going into this thing where they're like, "Well, how do I make this about me?"
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. And then like the really
0: ballsy ones will just literally make it about themselves. Yeah, and, like, they'll use that as a way to like explore or, or or as a way to kind of like look at themselves. What is it? They're like. Oh, you know, men will literally become auteurs and make movies about (laughs) themselves instead of going to therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I
1: think, I think, but the reason why, like, this works for me so much is that Roy Schneider walks that very, very fine line of playing it as brash and as, like, annoying as humanly possible, but also still, like, I don't know, you feel for the guy. Like, I, I have a hard time. Picture, like, I important. really, re, Picturing Richard Dreyfuss in the role is just very, like, wow, <laughs> for me here. It's like, just watch Jaws. And then
2: every time you see
1: the two of them, you're like, which one's <laughs> <Bob Cossier>? right. <laughs> Exactly. There's your homework, listeners. Go do that. <laughs> is it the cop or is it the shark scientist? I think it's the cop. <laughs> <laughs> is it the you shark know, scientist? Deep down, aren't we all just... Broadway choreographers who are also, you know, shark scientists at one point or another. Um, <laughs> but he's so tremendous in this. I also forgot that Jessica Lange was in this because I didn't really know who Jessica yeah. Lange was when I saw it. She was dating Bob Fosse at the sure. time as yeah. well. Yeah. I say as, as well, well. who knows? I mean, I mean, that's why, like, Anne Reiking's part of this. is like, Anne Reiking is also just basically playing herself in this, you know, as someone dating Bob Fosse and hanging out with his kid <laughs> all the time.
0: So what I wanted to ask you guys about, right, because... It is a musical because there are a couple of musical numbers but mm-hmm. it does, like you said it's it's more of an emphasis it's more of an emphasis, emphasis on the movement part or the dancing part of it but I was thinking about it structurally in terms of how the film is presented mm-hmm. and it is kind of like a song in the sense that like it's a lot of it's it's it repeats a lot of the same sequences mm-hmm. and it will it will introduce something but not necessarily complete it Sure. Right. Kind of like themes that are sort of introduced and then repeated and then culminated like in the latter parts of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's there's really not much to it. Right. In terms of like there's not a lot of locations. It's not like he's going all around like the world. And, you know, it's not like the Marvel Universe is going into a multiverse to do some other yeah. shit.
2: Well, and even a lot of the songs themselves are not even covers, but like Weird Al versions
1: of <laughs> Yeah. Songs. They're all like old like standards <laughs> that have been like. It was funny because I was just listening to the Simon and Garfunkel cover of "Bye Bye Love" is what the song is actually called. Yeah, right, right. Um, And then like I had just been listening to it and I forgot that it was used in this movie in like such a yeah like a weird Al kind of way, like a very literal <laughs> weird Al owl. weird
0: owl kind of way. Or the
1: the tiki the tiki room looking feather dancers uh,
2: doing the Who's uh, Sorry? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Patsy Cline song, right. you know, which is not a vegas kind of song, no. but they're all like Vegas showgirls. So, yeah, it's clearly just this like, you know, what you see before you die, like flashes yeah. of random songs you yeah. love and your inspirations.
1: Yeah.
0: He's struggling very hard to rewrite what his life was. Yeah. It's like the last third of the film.
1: Yeah. But the bye bye love scene where he's just like, or bye bye life is what it's called in this, um, where everyone is just sitting in like everyone that he knows is in the audience to this thing, or they're either that or they're It's up very on stage big with him. fish, if you guys yeah. have seen
0: that film. where yeah. like everybody kind of comes back at the end.
1: But then it cuts to his his heart doctor sitting there deeply unimpressed. And like that's like one of my favorite <laughs> favorite jokes in the whole movie. And it goes so quickly. But like just yeah, even like in this like weird fever dream that he is having right before he like kicks it you know like he can still feel the disapproval of people but make it funny which by the way again
0: so it's like it's this huge stage right that they construct that's got like a it's like a weird sequence or not sequence but it's like this iridescent cloth that like covers the whole thing and then his side backup dancers are like these women with like Veins all over them yeah. that are like are painted onto their costumes. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. It's I fucking insane. So like, yeah. it, like it's like a I don't even know what category. Like you said, Weird Al is probably the best thing I could think of. Like, yeah. that you could that you could say like based on what you're saying, but like it's very insane and it's something that you would normally have be like I said, Big Fish is like. It's this very earnest ending where yeah. it's like very beautiful, and right. all these things kind of come back into him, and it's like meant to make you cry. And this is like a subversion of that of being like, "No, your whole fucking life was a disaster, bro. It's like fine, yeah. like, just go ahead and die," and then yeah. he does. Like yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> and the women in his life have those kind of three songs where they're all begging him to stay right. and trying to contextual like the daughter saying like, "Don't leave me, daddy." Yeah. And- don't leave. And she's, like, riding off on her hearse. I'm just <laughs> yeah, like...
1: it's It's so weird, because, like, those feel, like, almost, like, in lesser hands, they would have been, like, this very hyper-sentimental, like, kind of mawkish moments. And, like... That's
0: I, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then immediately that last number, the Ben Vereen just kind of, like, flips it all entirely on its head. Like, that is the culmination of it at the end. You know? It's just, like, this... That's the acceptance. What is it? Like, in the stand-up right. where he goes
2: through all of the stages? Right.
1: Oh, I love how that's woven into this, too. Because, like, those are what those... Uh, sequences are meant to be are the five sequences of 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 death and processing it, um, and acceptance just being, not just being like chaos is 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 so yeah. good. <laughs> like well, yeah. this, is, this is what
0: I'm saying in terms of being music, right? It's like these themes or these instruments that are introduced that all kind of come together as a, this symphonic ending, but like. Sorry to be too artsy fartsy with my terms there, but, and I'm using my hands too. I'm doing the director thing where I'm like, blah, 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 hands go up. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, everything's introduced. It's all your elements that you need to know in order to watch the entire, in order to understand the entire film are there within the first 20 minutes of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. It made me think of, weirdly enough, um, Les Mis, Mis, like the ending of Les Mis is just like, you know, this reprise of a bunch of motifs. And like, it's like Jean Valjean is dying and being visited by like all of the people who have affected his life. And it's very like sentimental and like it it weaves in a couple of different melodies that were going in. Like, and that's why I'm like, yes, this is this is doing a very musical thing here. uh, All that jazz. And as much as it is more of a dance movie than a song movie, like. it's just like, ah, yeah. mm -mm, mm," And then yeah, just kicking Uh, immediately to his corpse is so good.
0: But, but that's (sighs) what I'm saying too, is that even, even though it is about dance, I think that like considering what I, my limited understanding of Bob Fosse is that he does tend to think conceptually. Like, I would argue, I would imagine that that was part of what it was, too, is to sure. be like, well, it's a movie, but we'll make this movie like a song yeah. rather than have it be like because it doesn't feel like a movie in a conventional sense in terms of like, it, I don't know, does it have a three act structure? Not really. like Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It is kind of like freewheeling. A pastiche. Which, yeah, <laughs> it is like, oh, man, um, we got to do Cabaret at some point because I, I want to go back and rewatch mm-hmm. his film version of Cabaret because like a lot of it is like, yeah, like most of the musical numbers are diegetic. They're happening on stage and not necessarily relevant to the plot at all, you know, but like mm-hmm. they, they create like these like weird nightmarish, like tableaus that just kind of build to the ending of what happens in Cabaret and like, oh, and I'm just like Bob Fosse knew what he was doing. We should mention, she, we didn't talk about this at all, but she's in this like kind of, Framing device where Bob Fosse is basically talking to her, and she's basically the angel of death. Like, so, like, it's yeah. very Inger
0: Bergman. She's yeah, like very, playing yeah. chess with like death, but <laughs> right? Exactly, he's dancing around. He's yeah, he's sitting in like a, a
1: dressing room with death, like with all of like these old stagey props, which and yeah, stuff. And she's and visually, always laughing, yeah, at, yeah. Him, always it laughing at him. Always laughing. Looks like a
0: Ridley Scott movie, though, in that section, more than anything. I feel like
1: totally, it kind
0: of looks like something in Blade Runner almost. But yeah. like, if, if Ridley Scott were to do a theater version of it.
2: It looks like to me because um, I did do a theater and film program in undergrad, mm-hmm. and like I just remember we had this theater attic, and I'm sure a lot of like theaters have that where they just keep all of these old props and yeah. things that like you can always have around that are good for everything that you don't want to get rid of because you spent so much time building or whatever. And so it's like his life's attic yeah. is what it kind of looks yeah. like to yeah. me, where all of the artifacts are there. Yeah.
1: Oh, that was why I was, like, thinking about Cabaret, just because, like, where Cabaret has those kind of moments in the Kit Kat Club, which is where, you know, Sally Bowles works, and they're very dreamlike, and, like, lit very blue compared to the rest of, like the world outside, especially like in, in, in Cabaret, like whenever the action that is not happening on stage, it's usually like very naturalistic looking and like kind of muddy. And, uh, whereas like, it's kind of like the same thing with this, like those, those angel of death, Angelique is her name, right? Like, <laughs> which is very, that is like very, um, I'm writing on fanfiction and, um, .net in 2003, <laughs> to be honest. That was like the one choice I was like, interesting, Bob Posse. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, like it's like these very dreamlike like. M- you're not immediately like, is this the angel of death? But like very quickly, you're catching on like, oh, because like when they keep going back to those. Right, um, she looks
0: angelic. She yes. doesn't even look deathly. Like, she's, yeah, like you said, she's all in white. Yeah,
1: she's just like this perfect, beautiful woman, you know, as someone who would just yeah. will have sex with any woman that comes into the room. Of course, like the angel of death is this hot woman that who seems, lasts that seems thematically
0: consistent, too. Where He's like, oh, oh, death seems really appealing to me, like right. rather than this thing to be feared.
1: Of course, he like that last shot before you see the um, body bag where he's just chasing her down the hallway, essentially. Yeah. Oh, nice. it's so good. I just got chills thinking about it. It's the Spike Lee yeah. shot. <laughs> it's
2: like the total floating through space oh, sure. as he's like he's drawn towards yeah. her like he's a total ghost at this point yeah. or something.
0: So we've talked a lot about it as a film. But like, what what do you think the appeal would be for people who are like stage musical people who are mostly a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are stage people? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and we haven't this. Like I said, this is the first one I think we've discussed. It's like a purely film film, mm-hmm.
1: and could never be and could never a play. be a proper yeah. musical. Yeah, wouldn't uh, wouldn't translate. No. <laughs> so much of it relies on like the editing and the visuals that are yeah. But, but what to do film. you think the
0: appeal would be to them? Because to me, it's it's a lot about like this is sort of what I was mentioning at the beginning. Is is the idea of like seeing the process of what it takes to put on a show, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. it, it's it, I wouldn't say documentary is not the right word, but like it yeah. kind of has this like half kind of doc feel to it where you're like you're sure. seeing the process you're seeing this conversation you're seeing like the behind the scenes of what makes it sure you know all come together i mean i, I thought that aspect of it was interesting and it sounds like a lot of it is kind of true to <laughs> what he probably did experience or would have had to experience and
1: i definitely think not not only if you're just kind of interested in like the industry at of- itself, even though it is very mm-hmm. heightened for comedic purposes um, or, or just for the purpose of, of making a movie. Um, it's worth watching for that. It's absolutely worth watching if you like musicals like A Chorus Line. A Chorus Line is all kind of, in a lot of ways, the same thing ex- except it's from the point of view of the dancers. It's about how they ruin their bodies and they you know go through so much to get so little recognition and burn out like young. Um, but it, it also ends very, like hopefully, it, it is like a, what I did for love is the big song on, in that show like that is the big
0: mm-hmm.
1: creed decor that happens like 15 minutes before the show ends it's called what I did for love and like so if you like a chorus line but you want to see a dark version of what I did for love absolutely you got to watch this and this is just just even saying like um, I hadn't thought about it this way Josie but just like the idea that the the body movement is the song, you know, in this, even though there are songs in this. I think like that is exact. like those moments that are so big, as we, we've we talked about many times. I think we even talked about it in the beginning of this, where the moment is so big where you have to sing. It's interesting to see it being translated into dance or to move in some way um, or to be about the body. And I think it really emphasizes just like, yes, how much musical theater is about movement it's not just singing a song because you feel, you know, like it it is about the power of movement in in these kinds of stories. Um, So I think it's worth watching just for that alone, on top of just being a fantastic movie, as we've been discussing for the last 45 minutes.
2: But even like the choreography with the um, in the audition scene, there's the shot that I think is the best shot in that sequence where they all have to, you know, we've already established with the routine that they have to do over and over. But the shot that gives that routine meaning is when they all reach up at the same oh. time and you see all of their hands. Oh, it's so good. And it's the ambition and it's the wanting to be selected out of a crowd. Right. And it's about reaching for things that are out of your I mean, you know, hmm. and if that was translated into a song, which has been so many times for putting on a play type things of, you know, I want to be a producer in right. yeah. a hit show yeah. on Broadway, right. Right. you know, whatever the equivalent is. Yeah, I want song, yeah. Yeah. The editor talks about how that scene originally, because they knew they were going to put it to that song, but then mm-hmm. he said that they wanted to cut it first so they knew what oh. the moments should be and how it should play. And I love
1: that it's set to, like, on Broadway, which is, like, the most <laughs> idealized, <laughs> like, the most cliche, like, <laughs> song that people who don't necessarily like Broadway but think about when they hear the word Broadway, they hear, dun, dun, mm-hmm. da, you know, mm-hmm. um, just that it starts out... <laughs> The end credits are right. to no
2: business like yeah, show business. Like. Ones, no business like it's
1: so good. Um. Uh. Yeah. Musical fans, I think, should watch this just because it's such a fun inversion of a lot of tropes too of, of musical theater. Like even starting with On Broadway, yeah. you think it's going to be an entirely different film than what it ends up being. Like this is going to be like an earnest. It is earnest. This is going to be like a, an inspiring. You know, like gritty story about how shows get made, and it is in its own way. But it's it's not it, like totally like that is not what this movie ends up being. And I love. Love, like just how it slowly chips away at that.
2: It is the flip to a chorus line of like, no, dancers are cattle. You're all here to fulfill my vision. Right, right. Exactly. I don't care, what, <laughs> I don't care who you are or what you're feeling or even when that uh, super hot dancer where he goes, look, I, I can't make you a great dancer. Yeah. I don't even know if I can make you a good dancer, right, right. but I can make you. A better, better dancer, dancer yeah. yeah,
1: that's his like <laughs> compromise. That's him being nice, you know <laughs> like like are you still gonna yell at me? yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has just been like such an interesting conversation to have just talking about I-, I guess it's really kind of eliminated why so many movie musicals don't personally work for me, but like I'm where I'm like this movie mm-hmm. understands it at every level, even though it is not necessarily a musical.
2: Well, and even too for um, movie people, what I think is so interesting is a lot of times when they're putting on a movie version of a very successful Broadway play, there's a big debate about whether or not to bring on the Broadway actors to play in the movie or if they're going to bring on movie actors right. and teach them how to not look at their feet right what do you do you know right.
1: you get Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise will understand the mission no uh, <laughs> if we <laughs> learned anything from Rock of Ages the best yeah, the best now
2: you use a lot of body doubles and you make sure that Ryan Gosling and Emma Thompson are really far away in the planetarium oh, you know
1: oh, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh I would have loved loved that movie if it had been Emma Thompson I know i i be like not Harford oh, so like, Emma Thompson yeah. Yeah, that would be See, amazing that's where my
2: brain goes that would be amazing! Oh my god, I, I would love That's so that. So fucking funny. That would be such a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like
1: Lola just land. change one thing. Be like just one Lola thing. Land. Uh, she's like, I know more about jazz than yeah, you. Right. right. <laughs> I know oh, quite buts. a lot. <laughs> I know a lot about jazz. Right. Oh, you know? But what I was gonna say is the performances in this movie aren't totally
2: amazing. Mm. Like a lot of times they're great mm-hmm. or really good and you buy them enough to laugh at the joke or to feel those characters. But having Roy be the lead, Mm. who is... An actor, first and foremost, not a dancer. Doesn't have to really dance ever. I think is like the best compromise where the thing that really matters, which is the authenticity of the dancing, is so pure and unfiltered and amazing. And then you just give them as much acting as they can really do within their wheelhouse. And then where it matters, cast. You know, and I feel like that that's so important.
0: Real quick, just so people know that uh, it's actually, for some reason, not streaming anywhere.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So
0: you will have to get the DVD or the Blu-ray or whatever method. You have to
1: get
2: the Blu-ray. Oh. The Blu-ray, ideally. Which I, oh, yeah. I
0: bought it because I, I borrowed Josie's copy. We were, we were going to watch it. We ended up talking the entire time. So I had to like watch it and drive it yeah. to our house later. Uh, but like, as soon as I finished watching it, I was like, OK, I'll buy this because I yeah. feel like I should just own this, even though I haven't bought a movie in like 10 years. But right. Uh, I, I bought it, the it's, Criterion
1: it's, version for this yeah. episode and no regrets. I have so many like features yeah. I haven't even watched on it yet. And I'm, I need to. Yeah, dive it's
0: into that. <laughs> it's it's just an incredible piece of film. And, yeah. and I'm surprised. Jos- Again, Josie and I went to school together and we were like, how did no one ever show us this movie? Sure. Like while we were in school, it's insane to me. Like if you want to learn about editing and staging and you know a tour kind of stuff, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. And,
0: any last thoughts, you guys, before we go ahead and close out?
1: Um. Don't do meth. Uh. Don't. Don't smoke. do meth. Uh, don't do don't drink heavily. <laughs> Give yourself some time to relax and be with the ones you yes. love.
0: If you're in the hospital, actually relax. Actually yeah, take Yeah. Actually, actually relax.
1: Actually um, relax. But I'm I'm really glad you like this. This was a very fun episode. To, oh, yeah. to do. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah.
0: Um, um, if you guys are able to find a copy, go ahead and let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Musical in with no G at Musical musicalsplainin with a G on Instagram. Uh, I am at Covetarian on Twitter and at perma friends on Instagram. Josie, tell the world what you're yeah. up to and where people can find you.
2: Uh, I'm not on Twitter. I did, I did that. Purge a couple years back. (laughs) idea. Never, never, never think about it. Um, Great idea. uh, And my Instagram is private, so I'm not very exciting uh, as a
0: person. So you can't uh, follow Josie in any way.
2: (laughs) No, no, editors are like that. You know, it's just they're they're behind the camera for a reason. But um, I do have a TV show that I've spent almost the past year working on that'll come out Uh, this summer that I'm very excited about. And it's as close to a musical as I've gotten Mm. to editing. Um, So that's very fun for me. It's uh, Issa Rae's new show. It's going to be on HBO Max. It's called Rap Shit. Oh my God, that's insane. Wow.
0: Very exciting.
2: So I cut half the episodes and I learned so much about hip hop and rap that I did not know. And just the precision is so much like it, uh, musicals I feel like get away with way more sure. than rap ever could mm-hmm. I mean the the way this stuff has to land and has to be perfect um, I didn't I didn't appreciate before so um, it's a lot of fun to watch that's cool I can't okay, cool. can't wait awesome. to check that
1: out yeah I yeah. think that's something our viewers would also just be very down yes that's so what, cool what's it called
0: like, rap shit you said
1: it's called rap shit yeah. oh, no. rap shit
0: on HBO Max this summer
1: incredible that's that's awesome um, I'm why Angelina Y on Twitter and uh, Angelina underscore C if you like uh Paintings of pirates kissing. There, uh, they're go, looking pretty go look good.
0: Your, your drawings are getting very good, Angie. Keep it up. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: trying. I'm you. trying. You know, it's like I have this and my my art, and that is me. I am it's the wonderful. author. I am the artist. I can't wait to make my own movie about this whole process where I just yes. sit and stare at procreate and pick my. Notes. I'm gonna
0: make a yeah. I'm gonna make a movie about <laughs> podcasting where I just get right. stressed and smoke chain smoke cigarettes the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I drink uh, eight
2: and Alan Heim <laughs> as the editor in this movie is the most you'll ever see of an editor in a movie ever. So. <laughs> Man, the level's here. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, Josie, thanks again for making yes, time for us. It was so wonderful much. to was, have you. This
2: is fantastic. Thanks for giving me an outlet to talk about this movie, which I talk about to anybody who will listen. Oh, so thanks for being it. part of my evangelical.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. And uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks. And yeah. we'll see you guys, not at the streaming service. We'll see you guys at the actual physical media player.
1: <laughs> yeah Bye-bye, Bye-bye. bye bye, bye. friends bye, bye 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 and he's complaining with the family bye 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 uh, bye bye only Insane. thing that movie was missing